0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Those ...of the book of Thessalonians and, you know, really the encouragement is on how we should live in the last days, living in the last days, living in the light of the last days. Uh, but what we've been studying for the last couple weeks is beginning in verse number 11, God turns our attention to the local church, which again I think is cool because I love church. And I don't just love church because I'm a pastor, really. I believe from the time the Lord saved me, thankfully I, got, I was in a good church, and, and, and I love the church uh, right away. I love the people in the church, and I loved uh, the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Um, and so, but God says, as, as the day draws closer to the Lord's coming... We need to go to church we need to be involved in church. And beginning in verse number 11, there's a lot to be said about that. We're considering tonight verses 16 through 22 uh, where the Lord is encouraging us in our corporate worship. Uh, corporate worship we have people watching tonight online and i am so thankful that people watch online or listen online or watch later uh so this is never a criticism of any of that uh but when you are able to be in it together uh it is more ideal to be together you know because sometimes the thing is oh i can just listen i just get just as much out of it as uh listening and watching as uh, when i'm there but what, may, what might you be forgetting about in a statement like that? A big old O word, Chad said him, all right? You're forgetting about Chad when you say that. Uh, but seriously, one of the biggest words in the Christian life is others, others. Uh, and so what about others? You know, What about the encouragement that you can offer there? And so, uh, but, so, so it is, it's about our corporate worship. Worship is one of the most important activities of a church family. Uh, Ministry must flow out of worship, otherwise it becomes busy activity without power and without heart. Have you ever seen that Uh, to where uh, the church just becomes like a machine? Uh, Listen, worship needs to be at the forefront of the life of the church. Now, there's three exhortations, uh, and uh, and I don't want to go over these too quickly because they're pretty firm, and we're, we're dealing with each one uh, one at a time, at least the first two we have. Look at verse number 16 in First Thessalonians 5. It says, Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. We preached about that last week. Always be rejoicing. Always. All right? Verse 17. And by the way, while you're at it, pray without ceasing. And not only that, Not only that, verse 18, in everything give thanks. (laughs) I don't want to just read over those without uh, pausing to realize how from a worldly perspective how absurd those seem to be. So I'm supposed to always be rejoicing, always praying, and giving thanks In everything. We'll talk about that later. It doesn't say give thanks because of everything necessarily, but in everything give thanks. That'll be next week. But tonight we want to focus on uh, pray, uh, pray without ceasing. And as I mentioned last week, a very important principle is to understand is that the Lord's commands are His empowerments. If He's told you to do it, He will empower you to do it. He tells you to do it. And by the way, let me tell you something else about God. When God's telling you to do something, not only will He empower you to do it, but then He'll bless you after He empowers you to do it. Uh, what God's, uh, you know, this is a command, pray without ceasing. And I was, I was orchestrating, and I don't know if it was from what I was working on for today or what I was working on for this coming Sunday, but I was thinking and I w- uh, about a phrase when I was, you know, thinking about what I would say about a given command in the Scripture. And I was going to say something along the lines of, and, and this command Uh, God really gives us because He knows it leads to our happiness. And I caught myself there because I was specifying, hey, guess what? This command is a command that leads to joy and happiness and fulfillment and so forth. Why why why, why should I have paused on that? Because every command leads to blessing and happiness and joy. We just don't always look at it that way, do we? Oh, thou the thou shalt nots. Yeah, thou sh- in essence, some of the thou shalt nots. By the way, is thou shalt not destroy thy life. <coughs> I don't want that kind of Christianity, and people don't. By the way, they would rather have the uh, the th- thou can, amen, and and God will bless it. But I'm not preaching on that tonight. But God blesses, and He wants us to be in prayer. Pray without ceasing. The word. Uh, without ceasing right here, it carries the idea of constantly reoccurring, not necessarily continuously occurring. They're similar, but the idea is like this. When Melanie and I first started dating, when Melanie and I first started dating, um, much like today, uh, I can't get enough of that woman. And when we were younger, I couldn't get enough of that girl. I loved seeing her. I loved talking to her. Uh, I want to tell you this. I didn't have a car when we first started dating, and she dated me anyway. Uh, But we were all poor people, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, But I would walk miles to see her. Uh, And uh, so if if I was able to come down, I would walk on down there. Uh, you know, we, we, some, sometimes our kids they think it's the worst thing in the world to think about going a block. Can I get a ride? Where to? Uh, oh, the next block. Can't you just walk? Ooh, no, that'd be embarrassing, you know. But I'd walk for miles and, and, to, to see her. And, but when I couldn't see her, we would talk on the phone. Because, there, of course, there was not internet. Al Gore hadn't invented it yet. Um, I'll say tongue-in-cheek. Um, but, but there was no internet, we, we, there was no cell phones, we just had regular phones. And so we'd call each other, and I'd get home uh, from school, most of our relationship was with me working, I'd get off from work, and we'd call one another, man. And we did not want to get off the phone. Anybody else that, like that, you, can you remember those days, you didn't want to get off the phone. And we would just stay on the phone We'd just stay on the the phone all night. There was at least a couple of times, if I remember correctly, that we said, hey, let's see if we can just stay on the phone all night. Stay up, stay on the phone all night. And I know there was a number of times that we fell asleep on the phone together. And, you know, one would fall, but we we stayed on the line. Why? Because I just loved her so much. And I love being in constant conversation with her. Well, that's kind of the picture here. And that's why the title of the message I'm preaching tonight is keep Jesus on the line. Keep Jesus on the line. That's kind of the idea behind pray without ceasing. It's not, just, uh, it's not just, hey, keep on doing this duty. No, it's that we are in constant contact with Jesus anyway. So we ought to just keep in constant communication with Him as we go through our days, as we go through our lives, as we go through our moments. Chad and I have had uh, similar experiences. When uh, when these two buddies down here, they would stay on the phone a lot. They'd be playing video games and uh, and they'd just be on the phone together. All right, and then it was always a great thing, Chad, because Chad would or Chad uh, Evan would just come up to me out of the blue, "Hey, uh, Dad, uh, uh, can Connor come over?" No, I don't want Connor coming over today. Blah blah blah. Well, why not? Well, just cause something, something you know, and uh and I'd go on for a little bit, and then it'd say, Connor, yeah, <laughs> right? you remember that Chad? And Connor's on speakerphone in the pocket. I'm like, Evan, don't do that, man. It's like you don't come up with somebody on speakerphone, uh, but they're buddies, and as buddies, they like to stay on the line uh, together and Uh, But we can be in contact with the Lord. I mean, you want to know something incredible tonight? The creator of the universe don't want to hang up. He don't. He just wants to stay on the line with you. He wants to be in communication with you, Mom, as you're going through your your day that that you you, you wonder if you're just spinning in circles, you wonder if you're doing any good. Hey, he's right there. He wants you to talk to him about what you're going through you're on the job, whatever the case may be kids, you're at school, you're going through, listen, man, I'm telling you, it's awesome to know that Jesus is there with you when you're saved by the grace of God. Pray without ceasing. And so uh, I want to preach because I'm using 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. That's the idea behind it. And I do want to delve into more into prayer, really for the remainder of the message. And I want to say up front that I am not going to preach everything there is to preach on prayer, okay? I think, uh, I hope that's probably understood. But I just want to encourage you in some things. And truthfully, uh, I try to avoid speaking in much hyperbole uh, as a pastor. You know, this is the best thing you'll ever hear. And this is the most wonderful and the most needful thing you'll ever have in your life. I, I try to avoid those things. And so when I say this, I don't say it in terms of hyperbole. When I say this. The truth of this message tonight could drastically change your life forever if you lay hold on it. And I believe that could be said about a great many messages that are preached because it has to do with prayer. David Gibbs Jr. made this statement. He said that prayer is the most powerful thing in the world. We're guilty sometimes, aren't we? Well, all we can do is pray now. Or all I can do is pray for you, sorry. No, there's no such thing as all, all, all I can do is try, try, try to get the, the hand of the eternal, mighty, omni-powerful God to move on your behalf. I think that sounds like a lot to me. And so, but, but that's what he said. Prayer is the most powerful thing in the world because it moves the hand of God. Jesus faithfully prayed during His earthly ministry. As the Son of God, He was in constant communion with the Father. The the Gospels provide many examples of the Lord's consistent prayer. And I won't share them all with you, but Matthew 14, 23 is one. And when He had sent the multitudes away, He went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, He was there alone. Mark 1.35 says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. He prayed through the night on many occasions. In John 17 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. John 17, how would you like to hear Jesus pray? Well, just put your audio, audio Bible on John 17 and listen. It's literally Jesus praying. It's truly the Lord's Prayer, if, you know, if you, uh, because it's Him praying, not Him giving a structure model, which is, I'll be referring to in a moment. But it is literally Jesus praying, and if you listen closely, you'll find something really special out. He's praying for you. And did you know that the Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father even now making intercession for us? Pretty awesome. And so we can pray, and Jesus prayed. During times when Jesus, think about when He went to the Mount of Olives to pray all night. Of course, the classic example of the intense, the intense prayer of Jesus Christ is found in Gethsemane the night before His crucifixion. Luke 22, verse 44, the Bible says, "...and being in a great agony, He prayed more earnestly. And His sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood." Falling down to the ground. From its inception, the early church demonstrated a Christ-like earnestness in prayer and constancy in in, in the prayer life of the early church. Acts chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with His brethren. Throughout the book of Acts, they gave themselves regularly to prayer. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. In Acts chapter 6, the leaders of the young church, the pastors and preachers, devoted themselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Must have been pretty important. Prayer. Paul and Silas, remember that? They prayed. At midnight, after being persecuted, they prayed and sang praises to God, and God opened the prison doors. Also, diligent prayer was offered on the behalf of Peter after he was uh, incarcerated in Acts chapter number 12. Peter was put into jail and the believers, the church got together and said, we're going to have a prayer meeting and we're going to pray that God opens the door. And it's a beautiful story. I wish you would read Acts chapter number 12. You don't have to do it right now, but do it. Maybe tonight would be a good one. Read John 17, read Acts 12, but it's just a beautiful story. and, And it's a kind of a funny story. Because the Bible says that Peter, one, kind of cool. he was sleeping in the prison. He wasn't even worried. But the Bible says an angel came and woke him up. And at the, the angel woke him up and uh, and, and they got up to, and, and he got up with the angel. And Peter wasn't sure if this was real or not. And they just walk on through and walk uh, by the guards. And, and, walk. and then he goes to where the, the church was meeting. And, uh, and he knocks on the door. And there's a little girl comes to the door. I'm glad the little girl... Hey, think about that. I appreciate the young people in church and the babies in church tonight. There was a little girl that came. She was in the prayer meeting. And, and, and she, she got so excited. Peter was at the door, but she didn't let him in. She ran back into the, the prayer meeting and said, Peter's at the door. <laughs> and, uh, and then they, came, and they didn't believe her. They, they didn't even believe It's just a beautiful story uh, there in Acts 12. But the point is, they were praying. Romans 8, 26 tells us something about prayer. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should ask, what we ought to pray. I'm sorry, we know uh, not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Prayer can be a challenge because it does come up sometimes on like, well, why should I pray? God's going to do what he's going to do. Right? God's going to do what he's going to do. Um, why should I persist in prayer? And I'll mention that in just a moment. Why should I persist in prayer when God's going to do, but you don't want to know why? Well, number one, God commanded you to. And he commanded me to, so that ought to be a good enough reason. But why did he command us to? Because I'm telling you, there's a spiritual work that he develops in our life through prayer. There's a closeness to him that we develop through prayer. He wants us to learn to pray and be faithful in prayer. Um, if you want to hear a message on prayer, if you're, if you're interested in this topic, you should uh, look up uh, Dr. David Gibbs uh, Jr., a couple of his messages on prayer. Uh, you can find them anywhere, but uh, he's, he's, a, he's a Christian attorney is what he is. He's a Christian lawyer, but he's also a preacher, an evangelist. But man, some of his messages on prayer are out of this world. Uh, I really had to think to myself, do I really want Ralph to go listen to some of his? Um, uh, and and you'll, know why. you'll know why, Ralph, if you go and listen to uh, but, but them. But they're very encouraging on prayer. And I, don't, and I don't agree with everything he says necessarily, but I will say this. I believe he knows a little bit more about prayer than me. And I, don't say, I say that, um, you know, to my shame. Well, I shouldn't say it too much to my shame. The dude's like 70 years old. But anyway... Um, but I, I want to give you one of the things that, that you'll hear him talk about sometimes. He talks about four keys to effective prayer. And I just want to share these four things with you quickly tonight. The one thing he says is this. You want to know, hey, do you want to be effective in your prayer life? Do you want to pray? Because we don't just pray to make ourselves feel better. If that's the reason you pray, we're praying for the wrong you way. Know, you know people pray like that? Well, I just prayed and it made me feel so much better. Well, it might make you feel so much better. But that's not one of the higher reasons that we pray. If you want to have effective prayer, if you want to pray in such a way to where it moves the hand of God, you know the very first step in praying effectively? And it's this. Pray. Pray. James chapter 4 verse 2 says, Ye have not because ye ask not. I wonder if we could just really think about the things that we lack in our lives. That we don't even ask God for. Right. We don't even talk to God about. Um, Needs that we know friends and loved ones our church has. Don't even actually pray about it. Um, and so he says, you have not because you ask not. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and, you shall, and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Um. I like this verse, and I'm going to come back to that one in just a moment, but I love this. I heard this one time, it stuck with me this way, God's phone number. Talking about keep, stay on the line with Jesus, keep Jesus on the line, God's phone number. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now when Jesus there says to ask, and you shall receive, He repeats that several times in the Gospels. That word ask right there means to ask, but it means to ask specifically. The idea behind the word carries the idea of detail. Ask specifically. Ask in detail, and it shall be given unto you. It's easy to be general. Lord, help my family. Help the church. Help my neighbor. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you know what? That's better than nothing. But that's not the kind of prayer that Jesus is teaching here. He said be specific. Have detail in your prayer. It's easy to be general, but it's hard to be specific. And uh, let me ask you this. How many of you believe that we should care and pray about one another's needs? We should pray and care about one another's needs. Well, that's good. You want to know why that's good? Because the Bible says we should, right? So you believe the Bible if you believe we should care and pray about one another's needs. The Bible says in James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. And there's many one another's. You want to to do a great study? Just look at the one another's in the New Testament. The one another's. Others. Looking at others. But he says here, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, I exhort therefore, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. I don't have time to preach all about prayer today because we, use the, we even use the term prayer in a very general way. This verse that I shared with you, and there it is, 1 Timothy 2, 1, look at that. Think about that for a moment. He says, I exhort. the first thing I want to tell you, Timothy, is this, pray. But he don't just say pray. He said, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. Every one of those are different types of prayer. Every one of those are different types of prayer, and we could... Look more into those later. Like I said, I'm kind of just giving some general things here that I want to encourage you on. Now, here's the thing Jesus said, ask. It carries the idea of being specific. It's easy to be general in prayer, it's harder to be specific in prayer. And let me tell you this it's really hard to be specific in prayer when you don't write it down and when you don't make a list. Um, It is difficult to remember. Were the requests mentioned in here tonight important? When I look at the list, I see at least several that have to do with someone's eternal destiny. I've got a friend who could die tomorrow and die without Christ. That's pretty important go through the we've got you know i I think about you know connie and and the news that she's got health wise and and some of these others that we had down but the point that i'm trying to make is the reason the reason i put those down in my phone is that i would forget them before they were done talking about it if i didn't then i get down lord help these folks amen okay but when you don't, but Jesus really, really wants us to pray specifically. If you have, it's not just a photographic memory. What's the other kind of memory like that? You know, basically the same thing, almost just like, bam, total recall. Then you don't, you wouldn't need something like that. But I dare say for most of us, it's good to have a prayer list. And somebody says, well, I'm, I'm scared if I get a prayer list, it's going to become mechanical. Well, don't let it become mechanical. Um, but how can you pray for people and pray for specific needs when you don't even know the specific needs? I'll let the Holy Spirit lead me. Uh, well, the Holy Spirit led somebody to write the Bible and Jesus to say, ask specifically. <laughs> Amen? So the Holy Spirit's already told you that you might need some help in that department, all right? And so think about getting a prayer list, writing things down, praying specifically. Um, now think about this. We, we, ask. All right, so what's the very first thing? Ask. If we, want to have, if we want to have effectiveness in our prayer life, we need to ask. What if tonight, what if tonight there was a verse in the Bible, Mari, that promised that God would do three miracles on your behalf? It'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? You got three miracles. And of course, everybody you can't help but think about like a genie or something, right? Ooh, you know, well, what's the first one? I wish for a thousand more wishes, you know, and whatever. A thousand more miracles. But what if the Bible says tonight hey, every Christian, you get three miracles in your lifetime? Choose wisely. What would you ask for? Now, understand this. I want to get you back, reeled back in a little bit to the spiritual realm a little bit. Because the Bible says that if, if, you pray, if you're praying selfishly, that's not going to be answered. Um, you know, there, there's ball games going on tonight. And there's players for both teams saying, God, help us to win tonight. And then God's up in heaven like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? They're both asking me. No, God doesn't do that. God says, y'all have it out. Hey, Amen. Amen. I I I can help you to stay focused. Pray, pray I can help you to stay focused. Pray, you do your best. But uh, but God's not in the business of fixing games. Okay. Uh, But but but, so selfish stuff. I'm not talking about that. um, But I am talking about what 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 about somebody that you'd like to see saved? What about something you'd like to see God do? There's a mirror. You got three of them. What are you going to do with them? Um, But here's the thing: the Bible doesn't say that you have three of them. The Bible doesn't say that at all. Um, Let me ask you this. If you've got a prayer list, do you have anything impossible on your prayer list? That's right, not for God, but do you have anything that if if, if God don't do it, it's not getting done? You got anything like that? Well, you only got three of them. No, we don't just have three of them, do we? Here's the good news. Uh, Luke 18, 27 And he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Jesus said, ask and he'll do the impossible. Not three times. He'll do it over and over and over again. Hey, have we not seen miracles here at El Point Baptist Church? I mean, do you not realize that many of the things that God has done here are impossible things? Many things that God has done here are miraculous things. Not only with the things that you see, uh, but but think about the lives that Jesus has changed. Think about the souls that have been saved. Think about God keeping you and I through whatever we're going through and continuing His work. I mean, man, the the reason I was asking what if God would do three miracles for you is that God will do much more than that. But we've got to ask. We've got to ask. God, do this. Lord, I'm believing you for this. God, you're able to do this. I, and, it goes, and it's got to be in accordance to God's will. God knows better than us when we're praying. You know, you can't fall in line with the, with the wackos that think they've got, they, that they do put God in a genie's bottle. And if you have enough faith when you ask him, God's got to do it. Some of these people don't even to do it. No, just stay away from that crowd. Don't start commanding God to do anything. But pray, ask God to do the impossible. When we've got this great almighty God, why do we ask for so little? When's the last time you asked God to do something that only He could do? It ought to be something we do regularly. And I believe we we will continue to see God do the impossible. We'll continue to see God do miracles. Uh, the, The second thing is praying earnestly. Uh, the Bible says that the, I read James 5.16 earlier, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And praying earnestly just means passionately. It means pouring yourself into prayer. It means getting into it. And when I say getting into it, you say, well, I'm not a very, I'm not a loud prayer, and neither was Hannah in the Bible in 1 Samuel, but she was praying fervently even though they never heard a word come out of her mouth. But she was praying fervently. She was locked in. How many times do you get down to pray and and you're just not locked in? You're not in earnest, you know? You're just having a hard time getting focused. We all go through that. But may God help us to find some time in our life on a regular basis to pray Fervently, to pray effectually, to get down to business, to say, God, this matters, and to convince ourselves of how much this matters and how much we need to see God move. So pray earnestly the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The third thing is to get clean, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God says our sins can separate between us and our God. Be persistent. James five eighteen says, I'm sorry, yeah, so it continues on there in James where it says about Elijah. And it says he prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And he prayed again, or I'm sorry, yeah, and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. There in James 5, the Bible says he prayed and it rained again. But if you know what was really happening there with Elijah on Mount Carmel, he prayed, and what happened the first time Elijah prayed? Anybody? A little Bible trivia quiz here. What happened the first time Elijah prayed? Well, no, he did pray fire down, but the first time he prayed for rain. You want to know what it was? Nothing. He prayed the second time. Nothing. Third time, you guessed it. Fourth time? Nothing. Fifth time, sixth time, nothing. But here's the funny thing. The whole time, Elijah's down here praying, and, and he's saying, oh, Lord, please, God, send the rain. God, do something mighty. It's time for you to bring it again. And then he's got a servant, and he says, hey, go look and see if it's, if it's coming. Yeah, nothing, Elijah. And, and that's what was going on in between all seven of those times. And then finally, finally... the, The servant came back and I don't believe he had that good of a report to be honest with you He come back the seventh time and he said well Elijah I see a cloud like a man's hand In other words he didn't say Elijah the skies are black I mean son it's coming I don't believe that's what it was I believe he came back he said there's there's a there's a there's a cloud like a man's hand out there Elijah said Elijah got up and said boy you better get to going Because there's about to come a rain That you've never seen before in your life The point that I'm trying to make is, And it did And the point that I'm simply trying to make is this That he prayed But in other words he prayed with persistence That's one of the struggles In prayer isn't it I prayed I asked God Did my part But we need to be persistent And I know there's a lot of questions Concerning this stuff But when when do we know when to quit praying I don't know. I think sometimes if we're praying for a certain person or a certain situation, sometimes maybe God just lifts the burden off our hearts. But otherwise, think about people we, we know people right in this church. It was a miraculous thing. It was and I don't want to gloss over. It was a miraculous thing when Mike Murphy walked into this church, when we were in the storefront and got saved by the grace of God. Carla had been, his wife had been praying for him for decades. I mean, they were married for 50 years. I imagine she'd been praying for him all those times. There's people in here that was praying for him. There was godly people that have passed away that were praying for him. Year after year after year. Just a bitter, mean, old Catholic man. Just, I mean, cuss you if you try to talk to him about the Lord, maybe. But all of a sudden, he comes to church. Okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, Hey, I might, I might get on your nerves about sports, but that's how we kind of hit it off, talking about sports. And, uh, and, and he came back, and he came back, and he came back, and then all of a sudden I was kind of concerned because it was right when we were about to, uh, it was, he, he got saved right before we were about to officially organize and charter as a church. And uh, he called me up and he said, Jesse, he said, uh, he said, I'd like to be a charter member of the church. And I said, uh, well, Mike, I said, that's wonderful. I said, but uh, buddy, the very first thing is uh, you need to get saved first. And he's like, well, I got saved. I was like, well, tell me about it. And short sure enough, he gave his testimony. On a Wednesday night, 30, 40, how many every years of prayers were answered? Persistent prayers, and he got saved. But there was more prayers going up after that because Mike had Asperger's. And one of, the, one of the things about that disease is that, uh, that it's, I can't explain it because I don't understand it all, but I'll just tell you this, what the brain, their brain, tells the rest of their body that being in a tub or a shower feels like being in acid or something. Many people that suffer with this. That was Mike. Hey, Mike, well, that's wonderful too. But the second thing, you need to be baptized. Well, I kind of figured that, that'll be okay. And what you do, what I didn't know till later was how he was hitting the roof on the thought of getting baptized, talking to his family about it. But I just told him, I said, well, Mike, you need to get baptized. And he said, yeah, he said, I figured, he said, I, that's good. And, and I did not even realize the day that Michael stood in that, uh, that watering trough, in that uh, strip mall storefront front church. Think about the miracle that's represented there. As I dunked him in that water, brought him back up, everything was fine, everything was good. But what I will go back to saying is this. There was a lot of persistent prayer. I want to close tonight with an, an example of, that Jesus gave about prayer. And, uh, and I'll be done. And then we'll come and pray tonight as we close out together. Uh, Following the Lord's Prayer that's given in the account of Luke's Gospel, this is what Jesus said. And He said unto them, Which of you having a friend shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in a journey, uh, in a journey has come, And I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. This is midnight. And this dude's coming knocking on your door asking for bread. For somebody that's come to him. That's not my problem. So the guy says to the man, I'm in my bed. The children are in bed. I cannot rise and give unto thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give unto him, because he's his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. So in other words, midnight, you're in bed, kids are in bed. Somebody comes knocking on the door, rings at the doorbell. Hey, Ralph, can you make, make a couple sandwiches? Because I don't have any food to give my guests. Let get out of here. Uh, we don't do that at Ralph's house because he'll probably just do it, Okay. He'll just bring the sandwiches up to your place. Don't even go knock on his door. Just call him, and he'll bring the sandwiches, all right? Um, but this guy's like, no, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But the guy says, hey, uh, uh, I know you're in bed, Ralph, but it would really be a blessing if you'd come and, and bring some of them sandwiches so I can take them. I don't want to get out of bed. I, I understand, Ralph, but these people are at my house. And then finally, the picture is the friend's find like, okay, dear, just take what you need. All right. Then he goes into another example. And he says, I say unto you. Well, he tells this verse. Ask, say unto you, ask. Again, this word carries the idea of being specific. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh keeps on asking, receiveth. And he that seeketh keeps on seeking, findeth. And to him that knocketh, and by the way, he keeps on finding, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. It, and, and he goes on to say this. An, uh, there was another example, too, that I won't give, but uh, that Jesus gave the same example of a woman that was trying to get justice. And the judge was not interested in giving this one woman justice. But basically, she wouldn't shut up, so finally she, he gave her justice. You say, wow, is that the way the Lord is? Not at all. Not at all. See, Jesus is trying to say that what that, that people, we can overcome people's reluctance with our persistence. But God's not reluctant. That's the, the and that's what he's picturing here, because notice what he says here. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto them that ask him? The picture is this. We've got a willing God. We've got a God that's saying, come knock on my door at midnight. We've got, a, we've got a God that says, Oh, you're a widow with injustice? Come on, talk to me about it. I want to help. Our God's saying, come on. And the, the point is just kind of simply if if being persistent pays off, if we've got a God that's willing, how much more is persistent? You say, why, why don't God just answer me the first time? Well, because He's got better, He's got better plans. He knows better. He's got a better work he's got a better will than you do there was a reason that God did Jesus didn't come heal Lazarus when they asked him one of my one of my favorite accounts in the Bible he didn't come ask him because Jesus had a couple more prayers he wanted to answer because instead of coming and healing Lazarus he let Lazarus die sounds awful but then he came and raised him from the dead and since he raised him from the dead All of Mary and Martha and Lazarus' unbelieving friends and family ended up getting saved. An answer to their prayer, no doubt. And so the point is, our God is willing. Will you come to Him? Will you trust Him? Will you pray? Will you ask? Will you ask? Will you uh, talk to the Lord and bring Him your prayer? Ask. Be specific. But not only that, pray earnestly, get clean, persist, persist. Amen. All right, that's all I've got. Uh, let's, uh, we're going to stand um, and have altar prayer. So uh, Danny's going to come play softly on the piano. And if you'd like to come uh, this evening, we are going to have a time of prayer around the altar this evening. And bring your request before the Lord. Call unto me. And I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. So we're going to gather together tonight. You got something to pray about? You got a need? Would you be willing to pray? We had many.